the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to see every one of you tonight. Amen. I almost said this morning. <laughs> that tells you I'm going to be young now. I'm not, I'm not making that confession. <laughs> but uh, we, I'm going back to the message I started before Pastor Roy interrupted. <laughs> Beauty for those who mourn. Beauty for those who mourn in Zion. Beauty for those who mourn. Mourning is not a good thing. Isaiah 61, verse 2 and 3, tells us this. That Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I want to let you know that we are living in the acceptable year of the Lord. And we are proclaiming that in the name of Jesus. We are proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God. Not vengeance against you, but everything that is causing you to be downcast. Everything that is causing problem in your life is God has his day of vengeance against whatever that is that is causing the child of God to mourn. It says, to comfort all. To comfort all. That means you, that means me. God wants to comfort all who mourn. And then he tells us to console those who mourn in Zion. Zion is the church. Zion, Old Testament. The church, that's the New Testament. So if you are mourning in the church, God wants to remove the source for that mourning in your life. To console you. To separate you from whatever that is. And God saying, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And God cannot lie. You may not feel it right away, but you see, God lives in one single day. But there's always an appointed time for us. And your time is now, and God is going to console you because you are a child of Zion. You belong to the kingdom of God. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, not, the way he consoles you is to give you, to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy... For mourning. So no longer mourning. Now you got joy. There is energy in that. There is anointing in that. And you are carried. Things get easy. That's what it's saying. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. So instead of being depressed. And then the depression for the Christian. That's a dirty word. That's not for Christians. Depression is not for Christians. I don't care whether it's physical or not. It's chemical. I just don't care. That's not for the child of God. 
we have no reason to be depressed. Satan has no power to change the chemicals in our brains. Jesus has the power to keep us. He says he will deal with those things in our lives. It's the garment of praise. In other words, you're always wearing it. It's the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So heaviness, that's the spirit. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Your mind is sound. If you have a sound mind, you cannot be depressed. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called. In other words, when you are praising God and you are thanking God, you are becoming, amen, trees of righteousness. Trees of righteousness. That's what God wants us to be. Trees of righteousness. And there's so much benefit in that. It says, it is the planting of the Lord. So, God's the one planting you. Amen? And when God plants you, no one can uproot you. When God plants you, you will prosper. You will blossom. Because it was God who planted you. If it was man that planted you, you may suffer some drought. But when God plants you, he will bring rain in season. So that you can be productive and be fruitful. That's the God that we serve. It's the planting of God. God planted you to make you blossom because he will be glorified in your life. Who is going to take away God's glory? Who is going to attempt to take away God's glory? He planted you to get glory out of your life. And if you cooperate, then he gets the glory. And then you are truly planted as a tree of righteousness. A solid tree of righteousness that God plants. Let me share another scripture with you. About the righteous. And and, and God taking you out of mourning so that your life is full. I like it because, you know, you can cry in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Whenever I feel those things and that pain... I just, it's, it's so good to go to God. I like those times. Not for what they are. But because of what, what it causes me to do. I draw even closer. And then you feel that thing. Him speaking to you. Comforting you. I like it when God whispers to you. And he tells you, son, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm making the way through the wilderness for you. Don't worry about it. And no, the problem may still be there, but there is that confidence in you, born by the Holy Spirit, that tells you, it is well. Amen? It is well. God's going to take care of you. You are a child of Zion. You are a child of God. God's going to comfort you. Comfort you doesn't mean, oh, that's okay, I feel your pain. No, that's not what it is. Comfort you means he'll take away the source of the trouble and meet your need. Whatever that need is, he's going to meet it so you feel good about life. I came that they might have life. That's his mission statement. 
He told us why he came. I came that they might have life and have it what? More abundant. There's no room for depression in that. Amen. When you're having abundant life, eh, depression is kicked out of your life. Amen. And that's the truth of the word of God. All we need to do is believe it. And trust that God will take care of, of us. God will stand by his word. God tells us, I'm not a man that I should lie. If I've spoken, I'll do it. That's what God tells us. Rest. If I promise you, I'll keep my promise. Some men said, I'm having a hard time believing, having faith in God. And they follow uh, the preacher and says, do you believe that God will keep his promise? He said, yes. Well, that's faith. Amen. If you believe that God will keep his promise, that's faith. And if you have faith, you're going to receive. So rest, relax. God's looking out for you. Amen. He says, the righteous, in righteousness you shall be established. That's what he talks about. The planting of the Lord. Trees of righteousness. In righteousness you shall be established. How many righteous do we have here tonight? If you hesitate to put your hand up, then you don't fully understand. Because he, he is our righteousness. Amen? He is our righteousness. We don't have any. My righteousness is not bigger than Brother Dave. It's the same righteousness. If you got another one, you're in real trouble. It's the righteousness of Jesus that he took our sins that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, you are righteous. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking at righteousness right here. Amen. That's righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus. You can't beat that. So, he's planting you as a tree of righteousness. And he's establishing you in righteousness. When God establishes you, nobody can do anything about it. They may not like it, but that's their problem. God will establish you. I like this scripture. In righteousness you shall be established. That's Isaiah 54 verse 14. You shall be far from oppression. You are nowhere near oppression. Do we really believe this scripture? He's talking about you and your family. Far from oppression. So far removed from Satan oppressing you. A lot of people like to talk about Satan. I just like to ignore him. Because there's nothing about him. He's got no teeth. He can't fight. Jesus knocked out all his teeth on Calvary. He couldn't. There's nothing. He, he, he roars like a lion. Like a lion, like he's not really a lion. He just robbers, but if you look at his mouth, he's got no teeth. He can't bite. Can you imagine somebody biting you with gum? There's no pain in that. All you turn around and say, what are you trying to do? 
You got no teeth. You can't bite. We're laughing about it, but that's the truth. There's nothing he can do. He's been defeated. Soundly defeated. That's why it says, Israel does not know. The people of God don't know what God's done for us. I'm still crying out, God, please open my eyes so I know everything that Jesus has made available for us. When God died on the cross, everything he made available to us is more than our minds can conceive. When Jesus died on the cross, we just don't know. That's why Paul kept praying for us that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so we know the hope of our, of our calling. There is a great hope in our calling. In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression. You cannot be touched. Far from oppression. Why should I be praying the precious time that I have to pr- talk to my father? I'll be praying and talking about Satan. He sees that we are honoring him. I, as one fellow the other time, when you praise God, what do you do? You talk about everything that he's done and how he's, he's made things beautiful. And then I said, when you speak about Satan all the time and what he's doing to you and your family... When you speak about God and you're telling about what God's done in the church and how he's blessed your family, what are you doing? You're praising him, right? You're giving him glory. But when you speak of Satan all the time and you're talking about how how he's punishing your family and hurting you, guess what you're doing? You're giving him glory. And Satan is saying, keep saying it. You're really helping me. So I just don't talk about the devil. He's been defeated. He's been soundly defeated. He's poured principalities and powers. That's what Jesus did for us. So in righteousness you established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. There's no reason to be afraid. You know, if troubles really come, the, the ultimate is death. And I'm not scared of that. If it's really bad, it dies. And I'm not afraid to die. But I don't want to die now, but I'm, I'm not afraid to die. Because it's better. Paul made it very clear to us. To die, that's gain. That's gain. There's no losing. When in, in Christ, the ultimate is death. And I'm not scared of that. He makes it better for me. So what can the enemy do to me? I got Christ with me. I got God with me. I am established in righteousness. He tells us in Isaiah 54 verse 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, he says you shall condemn. He says this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness, God said, is of me. In other words, when they have my righteousness, you can't touch them. That's all he's saying. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because you have been established in righteousness. You have been established in righteousness. You cannot be touched. Yet all kinds of things will come at you. Satan will throw them at you. But they help to make you. I'm sure Satan thought he was doing very well with uh, Joseph from the dream. (laughs) But through his troubles, God was sending him to the throne. Amen. 
His ways are past finding out. His thoughts are so high. We don't understand it. We need to understand even though you're going through a tough time, don't worry about it because God may be doing something with it. Stay with your father. God, what's going on? You can do that. Give me understanding. But let me have peace inside because you're taking me somewhere. There is no child of God. I mean, it's every head that falls from your head he knows. He's so concerned about you, especially those that have been redeemed with the blood of his son. You are priceless in the mind of God. So everything that's happened to you, he notices. Every word that's spoken to you, he hears. That's his, you are his inheritance. Read. Ephesians chapter 1. You are God's inheritance. Purchased, given to him by the death of his son. You belong to him by inheritance because his son died. That's what it tells us in Ephesians chapter 1. Who's going to touch God's inheritance? Who's going to mess with God's inheritance? We just don't understand what God's invested in us through the blood of His Son. So He establishes us in righteousness. No witch doctor, no matter how hard they try. You know, sometimes I hear here in America that uh, some, some witches are fasting and praying. <laughs> They'll fast until they die if they're fasting for me. It never works. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why should I waste my time praying about them? Let them fast and waste away while I prosper. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. That's the words of Jesus. You are like a city on top of the hill with all the lies. Have you been in a plane as you draw close to a city? And you look down, oh, it's beautiful. That's who you are. Jesus knew what he was talking about. You are established in righteousness. You are far from terror. Nobody can terrorize you. It seems, when we hear these things, it seems like we're just talking. But after I realized, this God that I serve, he doesn't blink. We need blinking because we need to... God don't need that. Nothing passes him without his seeing seeing it. When I, so when I know that this God that I serve is so good, that's why I've drawn my conclusion. You heard me say this. It's not bragging. I just believe God. There's no way I'm dying by some kind of silly accident. It's just not going to happen. This is Jesus bought this with his own blood. I'm not going. To, my body's not going to be all over the streets. One foot back here, broken off, and the other part there. And they're trying to gather the parts of your body. Hey, that's not for me. Well, if he wants me to go through persecution, that's good. I'll take that. But just by accident, there's no accident with God. But it's be it unto you according to your faith. You can look at God's word and draw conclusions. If that be the case, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if that, be the, if that be the case, God can deliver us from that your fire. And if he chooses not to, it's okay with us. 
That's persecution. We'll take that. We need to understand who we are in Him and what God's done for us. The more you accept it, the, the more grateful you are to God. The more you understand it and accept it, that this is what is provided to you, the more thankful you are, the more appreciative you are, the more praise will flow from your heart towards Him. Because you've accepted it. So you are far from terror. He says He won't come near you. Amen. They are all terrorized. They can't go to sleep. He says, and you sleep and say, haven't you heard what they're saying? Say what? You know, they're saying, oh, ah, that's okay. You don't worry? No. You're not going to do anything. It just depends, it depends on how you believe. I was so glad when I saw that video uh, on the internet of, of this, uh, of, of this uh, robber with his, with his gun walking into the shop. Usually, it was a lady. And she said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And he, he looks like, and, she's, and he said, lady, I'm going to shoot. And she, instead of walking away from him, she walked close to him, pointed a finger, I re, and he turned around and ran away. You saw the video. She wasn't scared. And the media talked about the, the, the name of Jesus, you know, walking. And it happened, I saw two different videos. Yeah. You know, the surveillance video, they, they took it. It was live. These are just Christian people because they know who they are. Terror, we can't be terrorized. Amen? No afraid. We can't be afraid. Amen. One thing I haven't done tonight is I haven't picked on Angela, so... <laughs> I'm beginning to have that thing inside. I need to pick <laughs> Please, you all bear with me. This is family here, okay? So I can afford to be myself. I pick at her. I pick on her at home with the kids, so I can do that at church as well. Right? They all said no. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but let me share this scripture with you. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Isaiah 146, verse 8. That will get me out of trouble, I know for sure. It says, The Lord opens. The eyes of the blind. The Lord, this is Psalm 146, verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. That's what God does. If you're mourning, you're downcast, He says, that's who God is. He doesn't want to see any of his children bowed down with any kind of trouble. He'll raise you up. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. Many times it's the blind, uh, blindness that is causing us trouble. 
Your greatest enemy is ignorance. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That's spiritual blindness. That's why the Bible says Paul was praying for the children of the church that God will open their spiritual eyes so that they will be able to see. And God is the one that opens our eyes. God wants to do that through knowledge because you know the truth and the truth will make you free. What they are saying about Leon Smith, and by the way, he said to tell you, hello, tell them I love them. I was with him today. Uh, he said to greet you. But what they are saying about him, that's the facts they are giving to us. But the truth is, by his stripes, he was healed. And so he said to greet you, he's coming back. And he'll be doing well. Amen? He opens the eyes of the blind. God wants to teach us. So we know exactly what belongs to us. He raises those that are bowed down. And then he tells us, the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord loves the righteous. God loves everyone in the world. But if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a special love from God towards you. And so when God says, he gives them beauty for ashes. Give me Psalm 5, I believe Psalm 5 verse 12. Psalm 5 verse 12. The Lord loves the righteous. Look at what the scripture says. For you, O Lord, will what? Will bless the righteous. God blesses the righteous. To bless means to pour favor upon your life. The Lord will bless. No doubt about it. The Lord will bless the righteous. And guess what? We talk about beauty for ashes. Look at what it says. With favor... He will surround the righteous as with a shield. So everywhere you go, you are, your life is being beautified with favor. When they see you, they just like you. They don't know why. They just like you. Amen. Because you got favor. I was talking to Doug some time ago, and he was talking to me about some of the things that, things that are happening in his life at Doug Webb. I said, well, that's favor. Well, I guess he knows that. (laughs) But that's what favor is. Everywhere you go, you obtain favor. Because you are surrounded with favor. If you turn to your right, you hit favor. You turn to your left, you hit favor. And if Satan thinks to throw you back, he throws you back into the arms of favor. There's nothing he can do. You got favor because you are the righteous. You are a tree of righteousness. Amen. And because you are a tree of righteousness, you are surrounded and beautified with favor all around you. If you believe that, say amen. That's who you are. Favor. That's the beauty for the believer. You are surrounded with favor as with a shield. Why? 
Because God loves righteous people. And your righteousness is of Him. And so if Jesus is living in your heart, you're righteous. And then God loves you. You're special to Him. You know, the other day, I, I guess I got out of it from, on, on Sunday. You know, think about it. The angels were created by God just like us. They failed and God had no plan of redemption for them. No second chance. No second chance. They're going to hell. There is no, no second chance. There is no repentance. Nothing is over for them. But for us, He's got a second chance for us. And a third chance. And a fifth chance. And I need some of those fifth chances too. I don't laugh. You all need it as well. Maybe up to the tenth. Maybe up to the tenth chance. <laughs> Sometimes. But that's what God's given to us. That's the love of God towards us. That's so special. That is so special. Look at Lucifer. How God created him in such beauty. And God gave him only one chance. And that was it. And for us, for, because God cannot change himself. We were created in his very image. They were not. And God cannot stop loving us. And when we take on the image of his son, because the blood of Jesus has touched us, no matter where, where, where you've been, no matter what you've done, just because you have accepted the Son, you honor Him and He loves you, He just loves you. And if we line up with that love, He pours out on you. When people think they're hurting you and they're putting you down, they take you, he, he raises you. Because nobody's going to make get to bend you over. God wants you up. He loves the righteous. He loves the righteous. When God says he lifts all of those who are bowed down, literally I saw that with this woman that the Bible talks about in Luke chapter 13, who was in the synagogue for 18 years. Satan would not let, him, let this woman walk straight. She was bowed over. She was bowed over. A daughter of Abraham. And yet, had a spirit of infirmity. Notice, a spirit of infirmity. Sickness is a spirit. I know we feel it, you know, in the natural but it's a spirit. If it's not a spirit, how could you deal with it without medicine? Jesus never applied any medicine, nothing physical. He does it spiritually. And you get the, the, the result in the natural. Just like sin. There was no sickness before sin. Once sin appeared, sickness and death, everything came along. The sin was a spiritual thing. Everything you see came from the spirit world. 
the root of the problem is spiritual. And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, for whatever reason, she allowed a spirit of infirmity to come over her life. She still went to church. She was in the synagogue when Jesus was there. But Jesus would not tolerate it for her to be bowed down. For 18 years, she walked bowed over. Maybe today there is something that is upon your life that's making you sad and you wonder if this is all that you will ever have in this life. After 15, 10 years, 15 years of the same condition, you're probably settling. This is the way it's going to be. No. Not if you're a child of God. Amen? Not if you're a child of God. It can change. Even after 18 years, God can lift up your head. God can take you out from that thing and make you walk straight with your head lifted up. No shame. What's happened before, that's in the past. What they see is new. Because the Bible says, He makes all things new. God's making everything new. It says in this scripture here, look, that Jesus was in the synagogue on this day. Verse 11 says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Let me stop here. Did the spirit of the infirmity have the woman or she had one? Who? She had, right? He didn't say the spirit of the infirmity had the woman. Did he say that? No. She had the spirit of infirmity. That's why I don't like Christians talking about sickness all the time. My headache. Hello. Sometimes I make that mistake and Angela corrects me. Okay. <laughs> Hold it back, I don't know. <laughs> my headache, my cancer, my this, my that, they don't belong to you. You were healed by his stripes. You should not be oppressed. I'm depressed. No, that's not your name. That's not your name. You just told me you're depressed. That's your name. That's not who you are. But when you claim that, that this is who you are, that's who you are. You just introduced yourself to me, depressed. But that's what we do. That's what we do. I am, and then you add that. Whatever it is. And Satan is lying to us. But we need to change our mind. Renew your mind. Be transformed. How are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. And let it line up with what God says. For two shall cannot work together except they are in agreement. God's going one way with his word and you're going the other direction. He says you are here but you say you're sick. And some people really like it. They talk, oh, Pastor, 
Oh, I feel your pain. I don't want you feeling my pain. And sure, don't buy me flowers. I don't want it, Miss Christmas. I don't need the sympathy. I don't want to be sick. When I'm feeling sick, I just keep doing what I was doing before. I won't stop. I, I just, just don't. I don't do it. I just don't. You won't hear him sick. I, I'm not going to go to church. That's not my language. I'm going. This is the way it is. It's, in other words, he said that sickness, you leave or I'm going. And, and, and you have to maintain that attitude. And I've shared this here before. Uh, there was back in our old sanctuary, because I told, I, I, I'll preach on Sunday. And, and the worst thing for you to do is to preach with your nose running. You have to run after that stuff, you know. <laughs> And I came to church that one Sunday morning with my nose running and I was, I was, I was doing everything to catch up with this nose, you know. And, and I was like, please, you, Satan, you got to stop because I've got to go preach and I don't want to have a little, uh, whatever you call it, Kleenex close by me and every, every word you're doing this. And so I told Satan, you better take your hands off me because I've got to preach. I, I'm a priest, and I'm going to preach the word of God. Let me go. And then, in fact, the the closer the musicians got to the fifth song, they usually play five. They more than I got really nervous, nervous, you know. Jeez, you won't let go. I can't do this. So finally, I made up my mind. If you don't let go of this sneezing and all of that stuff, then I'm going to pray for the sick and you'll lose them. And guess what? He didn't let go. So when it was time for me to preach, I got the microphone and I said, if you're sick, you'll come up here for prayer. And I was one of them sick in front. But that was the way the day Jenny's uh, ear got popped. She had a deaf ear all along. I don't know how long, maybe some of you were here. But she, she had a one ear deaf all along. We didn't know that. I didn't know that. But as soon as we did that, that ear popped open and she could hear. And we all rejoiced. Then I forgot I was sick and I went and preached. <laughs> but we don't want to tolerate that. We don't want to accept that. But you see, she had that spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over. So what spirit is upon your life that is making you downcast? And how long has it been? Have you talked to God about it? Are you going to put up with it? And go to church with it? She was in the synagogue. Or are you going to look for help? Jesus had mercy upon her this day when Jesus saw her. And she, she said, that's the daughter of Abraham. How many daughters of Abraham do we have here? That's you, sons of Abraham. You shouldn't be bowed over. You shouldn't be bent over by any spirit. You shouldn't be downcast by any spirit. No, no spirit should oppress you. Oppress you, that's the truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It, it, it was even on the Sabbath day. It says, when Jesus saw her, 
May Jesus see you tonight. Amen. May Jesus see you in your oppression. May Jesus see you in that thing that's bugging you. May Jesus see you with, in that situation in your life that's been there for some time and you've been looking for release. God will give you that release tonight in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let God give that to you because Jesus is right now. He's looking at you and will take care of that problem because He loves you. He loves the righteous. And surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. He said, Jesus saw her. And then he called her to himself. Amen. May he call you to himself this night. He called her to himself. And said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately... She's straightened up. After the service today, if you I don't care what the problem is. There's nothing that God cannot do. Whatever the problem is, God can do it. With God, nothing shall be impossible. He says you will be far from oppression. Why? Because you will not fear. You won't fear. There's no reason. If you are still afraid and you're still anxious, that means you are holding the oppression to yourself. So generally, my prayer is, God, I rid me of this feeling of fear. I want it out. I will pray in tongues. I will scream in tongues. I will yell until that thing is gone. Then I'm free. Amen. She was loose. And the people didn't like it. The, the rulers of the synagogue didn't like it. They said, well, it's just six days. If you want to get healed, come on other days, not the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, you hypocrite. <laughs> you, you lose your ox. And you lead them to water. I like that scripture. I'm going to read that first from verse 15, please. Verse 15, down. The same chapter, Luke 13, verse 15. It says, The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite. You don't want to hear that. (laughs) Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the store and lead it away to water it. Please understand, you're not an ox. And certainly you're not a donkey. But many times we need to be loosed. Amen? And God wants to water us. Amen? God wants your life watered. And he was telling, you take, you take care of those. They just ask you. You take them out to take care of your donkey. That's the daughter of Abraham. 
If she needs loosing, we're doing it now. I don't care if it's the Sabbath. She needs it. She's going to be loose and she's going to be watered. That's my point. She's going to be loose and she's going to be watered. Because you are a child of, of Abraham. A daughter of Abraham. Even on the Sabbath. We'll do it. And that's what God wants to do. Today is that day. Amen? Today is the day to be free. And God's going to make that possible tonight. It doesn't matter what day it is. God says, we got to get the job done right now. Right now. If you're mad, that's your problem. We'll take care of this problem for a child of God today. We'll take care of this problem for the child of God. Jesus took care of that problem. Lifted up. up. I'm sure, you know, many times we read scriptures. And we just go through without thinking. If this woman had a son. And she went back home. What do you think would happen in that home that day? The celebration. The neighbors. The amazement. The joy. The laughter. Eating. Tears of joy. That's what God wants. In your life, your family, among your friends. To lift you up from that place of despair. And to bring you to a large place where you are no longer bent over with the problem no matter what it is. And your, your friends and family members, they are rejoicing with you. I believe it was one, Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said, among the Gentiles, the Lord has done great things for them. And we also said, the Lord has done great things for us, wherein we are glad. That's what God wants to do. Said of Elizabeth, that child, you've been bowed over for years. But that's the fact that you couldn't have a child, that's brought you shame. And many people have talked about it. If he's really a good priest, if God was with Zachariah, how come they can't have children? They prayed. They were faithful. They were righteous. And yet couldn't have a child. And God visited them at the appointed time. And I told you, Elizabeth hid herself away for five months. And, and, and the angel said, that child is going to bring a lot of joy to you and to your neighbors as well. They won't be talking bad about you. And Elizabeth says, this, had, this is the time that the Lord has chosen to look upon me to remove the reproach from among the people. May God do that for you today in Jesus' name. So that those who have spoken ill about you, when they see what God's doing in your life, now they will rejoice with you and say, the Lord has done great things for her. The Lord has done great things for him. 
their family is now blessed. We can see the hands of Jesus at work in their lives. And God is not a respecter of persons. So tonight, if you call upon him, he said before you speak, he's heard you. And his hands are turned up with me tonight.